Brought to you by the WZIP sports team, this is Sports Power Talk Overtime. Featuring in-depth interviews. I didn't really plan to ask this, but since you brought it up, what's it like kind of having like your own meme? Like, how does that make you feel? <laughs> Exclusive original content. He crosses paths with another best in the world. Oh, that gets you excited, don't it? Oh, that gets me excited. And of course, the hottest takes. My dad used to have this saying, if you don't like the series, you don't like football. Over well, I say I'm a pretty big football fan, and I despise the Steelers. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> so get ready, because it's time for SPT Overtime. The best sports talk show this side of Lake Erie needs some more time. It is overtime for the best sports talk show there is was and ever will be this is sports power talk overtime and the ufc crew is back my name is jake murrin and i'm joined by alex henry hello everybody no michael matthews on today's program but the two of us are here with the best undisputed fighting championship predictions and analysis there is for ufc 272 alex you went 4-0 and i went 2-2 and it's time for me to make a comeback in the rankings. For today's show, we are here to preview and predict UFC 273 in Jacksonville, headlined by the undisputed featherweight champion Alexander the Great Volkanovsky, defending against Chan Sung Jung, a.k.a. the Korean Zombie. Also, we have a stacked co-main event with bantamweight champion Aljamain Sterling, taking on the interim champ Piotr Jan for the second time. Of course, we have Gilbert Burns and Hamzat Shemaev on the card as well. But we'll kick it off with the first of four bouts. We are predicting at straw weights between Mackenzie Dern and Tisha Torres. As I said, women's straw weight bout. Mackenzie Dern is the fifth ranked straw weight, taking on the seventh ranked straw weight, Tisha Tiny Tornado Torres. Dern, one of the best women's grapplers in the game. Torres, very skilled on the feet, especially with her skills in her footwork how do you handicap this one yeah like you said Dern is a good grappler has great jiu-jitsu background her striking has gotten better but sometimes she struggles to uh stay like composed and she'll just kind of throw some crazy punches she also only has a 10 percent takedown defense which really doesn't worry me too much in this fight uh Torres is good all around great boxer great cardio Great grappling, great speed. Uh, She's hard to get control of. Her only losses since 2017 were to the top women on the planet, really. Here's my thing with Mackenzie Dern. And it's just kind of a little UFC issue I have. When your key to winning a fight is through jiu-jitsu, through your grappling, and you're not a good wrestler, you can't get the fight to the ground. And that's Mackenzie Dern's issue. She just is not good at takedowns. Her wrestling is very weak. And for that reason, I think it's going to be hard for her to be able to get herself in a position to win this fight versus Tisha Torres. Uh, it should be a fun clash of styles. Dern is very tough. But like I said, struggles to get takedowns. She's going to win this fight if it gets on the ground. But I like Tisha Torres. Uh, I th- actually I think she'll go pretty far at 115. Uh, so that's my pick. Also, side note, I don't know if you know this, but yeah. Mackenzie Dern fakes her accent. 
Really? Like, it's, like, if you look at old videos, just look up Mackenzie Dern. She's like, hi, my name is Mackenzie Dern. I'm from Arizona. And now she, like, uses a translator. It's, like, really weird. Huh. So, I, like, you <laughs> look it up on YouTube or Twitter. She Interesting. She fakes her accent. So, I, I don't know. I'm going to pick Tisha Torres, though. That is interesting. Um, so Mackenzie Dern, eleven and two in her pro MMA career. She has seven wins by submission. And I liked your breakdown because she does struggle getting the fight to the ground. We saw that in her last fight, which was a main event loss to Marina Rodriguez. Uh, she was on a four fight winning streak before her last loss, but she is one for eight in takedowns. She was one for eight in takedowns in that fight against Rodriguez. So she does struggle getting the fight to the ground where she is so good. And she's potentially the most dangerous woman on the ground in the UFC. Once she gets it there, she can get those submissions and make anybody tap out. It's just a matter of getting it there, getting it to the ground. And I agree with you completely on that. Uh, Mackenzie Dern is the favorite, minus 120. So it is a pretty close fight according to the Ozmakers before... Uh, the tiny tornado, Tisha Torres. She's thirteen and five. Uh, last fight was a decision win over Angela Hill on August seventh of last year. And Torres lands four point seven one strikes per minute. I mentioned her amazing footwork, and I think that footwork, along with her striking, is going to keep Mackenzie Dern out of range. And when Dern does go for those takedowns, when she does try and get the fight to the ground, I don't think Torres is going to give in on that. So, you know, Torres, she's on that three-fight win streak. She's great on the feet, and I don't think Mackenzie Dern is going to be able to get this fight to the ground. We could easily see Mackenzie Dern attempt many takedowns in this fight like she did in her last one, um, and that's why I'm picking Tisha Torres by decision. All of those, all those takedown attempts are going to add up, and takedown attempts take up time. A lot of women's fights do go by decision, and I think Tisha Torres is going to be able to win at least two out of the three rounds. So I do agree with you that the seventh ranked straw weight will upset the five rank straw weight with Tisha Torres. Uh, did you have a method of victory for Tisha Torres? Uh, I, I agree with decision. By decision? Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably the best way to go here. And you're already taking an underdog in Tisha Torres um, and maybe even sprinkling a little prop bet on there by decision might be the way to go for the first Confirmed main bout on the main card. Um, a little bit of changes to the main card with uh, Kevin Gaslam being out of his fights. So we'll see exactly what fight goes on the main card. It's not going to be the one that the UFC website has right now, I hope. Um, Alexei Olenek and Jared Vandera. Um, it's a heavyweight bout, but I don't think that would be on the main card. I just think there's some better options. So we're only picking four fights, but in the first one, we both agree with Tisha Torres. I feel like we're going to be agreeing a lot. Hopefully yeah. some of the hopefully some of the prop bets that we have along the way are a little different, but that'll be okay. So, now we're getting into the meat of the card. Why I'm so excited for this card, one of the best cards this year so far. We have a welterweight bout. The number 2 welterweight Gilbert Dorino Burns versus the 11th ranked welterweight Hamzat Borz Shamayev. Shamayev coming in at a minus 525 <laughs> favorites. Huge wow. prop line right there for Shamayev. Before we get into the picks and the breakdown of the fight, Alex, I want to get your opinion 
on that minus 525 line. Do you think it's justified from what we've seen from Shemaev? But he's also going against number two ranked guy. What do you make of this? That is not justified. That is that is. You think it should be closer? No, I I don't know if it should be closer, but that's just disrespectful. Uh, you just don't know, um, because he's never fought a guy ranked so high. So yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. <laughs> in all respect to Shemaev's opponents in the past, but I mean Shemaev is one of the brightest prospects in the yeah. UFC right now, if not UFC history, with what he's been able to accomplish. Has that ten and zero record. But Gilbert's Arino Burns, I mean, he has shown his skills. Um, I feel like he's getting better on the feet, but obviously one of the best grapplers in the game. And unlike Mackenzie Dern, who we just talked about, uh, Gilbert Burns does not have any difficulty getting fights to the ground where he wants them to be. Personally, I think Burns should be um, respected a little bit more by the odds makers. But Shamayev, nonetheless, a minus 525 favorite. If you're putting a bet on Hamzat Shamayev, you, you, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe put him in a parlay to get some money off that, but it'll be hard. Definitely. It'll be hard to make a lot of money betting on Shamayev here. Uh, but what would you advise and who are you picking with the second bout? Yeah, my little breakdown. Um, Burns lost uh, to Usman two fights ago, but he showed the world how much power he has. Uh, he's also, like you said, a great grappler. Uh, he's became a better striker over time. Uh, Burns has only been taken down two times in his last 11 fights. Uh, and Chemaev, you know, like I said, he's hard to break down because you just don't have that much sampling from him. Uh, he's only had four fights in the UFC, and I don't think his fighters were necessarily the best guys. Like Jing Lang, he was ranked 10th, but I don't even think Jing Lang was that good. Um, but I mean, Shamayev, he's crazy. He's got good wrestling, good ground and pound, legit hands, wrestles like Khabib. This fight, he has a four inch height and reach advantage. He's also eight years younger, but I mean, Shamayev is a scary dude. Three first round finishes in a row for yeah. Hamzat. So he's, he has only been hit once in the UFC. Only Insane. he's a nightmare. I mean, you can see him in like a Rob Zombie movie, literally, like, torturing people. And, you know, as like, just more stats. Like, as a UFC fan, you might look and say, oh, you know, three to four punches for every one in over a four-fight span. That's, like, that's a crazy good statistic. Well, Chemayev has landed 112 per one strikes in four fights. 77% striking accuracy. He's a freak. Not human. I do think the experience matters. We don't know how long Chemayev can last in a fight because we don't we haven't seen it. I would assume he can last pretty good, but I don't know. But I mean, yeah, Chemayev's the win. Uh, I'm gonna say first round knockout. Uh, if you wanted to take a prop bet, um, I think a first round knockout might have some upside. Yeah, I can't agree more with you. And even some of those stats you mentioned, he lands 8.68 strikes a minute. And he only absorbs <laughs> 0.08 strikes a minute. I mean, the rate to which he lands and receives strikes is insane. And we've seen it over and over again. Even in just the four fights, they've been dominant each and every single time. He's he's something special in the UFC right now. 
and there's a reason why the number 11 ranked welterweight is going up against the number two welterweight. It's because he's that dang good. And for Burns, you know, we, we all know he got dominated by Kamaru Usman, but who hasn't, you know? And he couldn't have bounced back any better with his dominant win over Wonderboy Steven Thompson. Yep. I mean, just wrestled him those entire uh, couple rounds there. So, I mean, Burns, he has six wins by KO, eight wins by sub. He's one of the most decorated grapplers in the game, but Shemaev, he's just too talented. Um, the only thing that we can really say about it to doubt Shemaev is because he hasn't fought the level of competition of Burns, and you don't really know a fighter until you see them tested. So we will see if Shemaev gets tested by Burns. But for now, I do agree with you that Shemaev... He's honestly the man to beat at welterweight besides Kamaru Usman, and good for Burns for taking this fight. And I think Burns is going into it with a mentality of let's beat him on the way up and not when he's on top. Yeah. So that's the definitely the way to go. Um, if Burns win th- Burns wins this, he probably gets Kamaru next. If Shamayev wins this, he probably gets Kamaru next as well. Um, I am going to pick Shamayev though, you think and he gets I do Usman agree with you. Next, if he wins this fight, he's fighting the number two ranked guy, and there's nobody hotter in the sport right now than yeah. Hamzat Shamayev. So I would certainly agree. Um, I would say I could see him going against Colby. Um, maybe I think Colby but, might be eyeing uh Ho- not Jorge. Um, I think it was Con. No, Dustin. He yeah. called out Dustin. Yeah, he did. So I think Cummington is eyeing that fight, even though Dustin might want Nate Diaz, and then. You know, Jorge and Connor might be matched up against each other. It's all a mess right now. Yeah. But I, I think Shamayev would probably go up against Kamaru. He would deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Kamaru getting uh, Leon Edwards next, most likely. Um, I don't know how Leon Edwards matches up against Kamaru Usman, just because Usman's probably the number one pound for pound fighter in the UFC right now. But Shamayev, I mean, Shamayev might even be favorite be a favorite or pick him at least going up against Kamar Usman. He's that good. Right. Uh, and that minus 525 line, I don't like that. I don't like that line. Nobody would. So I do agree with you that a first or maybe second round finish is where to go. Um, and Shamayev, he has six wins by KO, but he also has those three wins by sub. So rather than going KO, I would just say by finish. Um, Kamar or Hamzat Shamayev by finish would be my bet. Uh, for Saturday night. Moving on from that, going into the co-main event. Now we're getting in to some title fights at Bantamweight. We finally get this rematch between the current Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling versus the interim champ, Piotr No Mercy Jan. Who do you like in this exciting Bantamweight match? Yeah, you got to look at the last fight. Uh, you know, a lot of people, including myself, remember Piotr Jan just killing Aljamain. Uh, but if you look at the stats, Aljamain had 97 significant strikes compared to Jan's 86, so he did outstrike him. Uh, Piotr went 7 for 7 on takedowns, had 4 minutes of control time, but Aljamain did have a takedown. Uh, he had a reversal in 3 minutes of ride time, so the fight was a little closer than we remember. But Sterling's game plan wasn't great coming in uh, so aggressive, ignoring the fact that Jan is this guy that takes a while to get heated up in a fight. Uh, Sterling's a good striker, though. Has a lot of good grappling. He does a good job watching his range. 
with his opponents. Uh, he does have a 47% takedown defense, but Piotr Jan is a beautiful striker with almost perfect takedown defense, 97%. Averages two takedowns a fight. He grows throughout the fight, like I said, but what I love about Piotr Jan uh, is his Muay Thai, Muay Thai stands. Keeps his chin low, hands high, covering his head, his front leg ready to block, and I think that Jan's offensive stance is his best defense against a guy like Sterling, where Sterling likes to keep his distance and maybe use leg kicks and stuff like that to strike, but that's a little harder to do against a guy like Jan that does have that Muay Thai stance. And finally, you know, a lot of people say Sterling was ducking uh, this fight. He was, you know, scared, didn't want to fight him. He had a neck injury. Yeah, no chance. And if you look at him right now, he looks jacked. But my goodness, he does. Yeah, yeah. the doctors just didn't clear him. So I, I mean, I think Aljamain Sterling's definitely ready for this fight. But Jan's got better cardio, power, durability. Sterling is good skill wise. I just think Jan's a better fighter. He can hit harder. He can last longer. I want to say Jan by fourth or fifth round knockout. All right. So interesting bet there. Uh, Piotr Jan is minus 475 favorite to win this Saturday night. And, you know, you mentioned the last fight. So I want to talk about that for just a little bit. So I've listened to a lot of Aljamain Sterling interviews and even his head coach Ray Longo talking about it and that whole first fight it sounds like just Sterling was not there mentally or even physically because Sterling said the weight cut there was an issue and the day of he didn't really eat anything and he was already fatigued going in there and then what he does to start the fight he's wild in there you know he starts the first two rounds with a pace that not many men can carry on for a five-round championship bout so for Aljamain Sterling, you know, he looked good in those first two rounds, but then got completely outclassed by Piotr Jan in that fight. Of course, Piotr Jan landing that illegal knee, which I don't even understand the hate against Sterling for that. I mean, Piotr Jan literally threw an illegal knee, rocked Sterling, who was already having that lingering neck issue, and then Sterling got that surgery. Obviously, he's taking this fight. Finally, we're back to this fight. Um... The first fight was on March 6th of 2021, um, so we're already a year past that. So I, the first fight, really, though, what I take away from it is Sterling wasn't all there, mm. and Piotr Jan was. So going into this fight, I've heard nothing but good things from Aljamain Sterling and his camp. Uh, Sterling seems to be not only in the right place physically, but also mentally, and not not having to worry about the neck issue going into the cage and hopefully his his weight cut and everything like that goes well so we see the best funk master going out there against Jan um i think the betting line is justified based off of that first fight and we all know that sterling he can get anybody's back and he can get a submission he's on a six fight winning streak he has eight wins by submission yeah. in his career but on the piotr jan side he is one of the most underrated when it comes to the conversation of who is the best boxer in the UFC. Easily. He's on the list, but I don't think he's high enough on the list. Piotr Jan is one of the best strikers, and I love how Piotr Jan fights. He's so, he's so methodical. He's so patient. 
and meticulous with he is willing to round, lose rounds one and two, but he will win rounds three through five. Exactly. We if, saw it in the Corey Sandhagen fight, too. Yeah, if you're live betting, I would even maybe wait for him to lose that first round just for that uh, the odds. That, that odd to get a little higher and yeah. then take your bet on him in the second or third because it is historically spoken that P- Piotr Jan loses his first round in his fight. He did lose versus Sanhagen in that first round, and he just always heats up. He's like a computer. He takes in all this information about you, and then he just he goes off. Yeah, that's a great comparison. We saw it in the decision win over Sanhagen on October 30th of last year, which crowned him the interim champion. Um, going up against a champion, though, I just really like Jan's, Jan's um, mindset going into it. I think he will lose the first, maybe even the second round to Sterling. And the only thing I'm worried about is Sterling being able to get Jan's back and pull off some submission and keep the title. But I don't think that's going to happen. I am also going Piotr, no mercy Jan to win this one. Again, the minus 475 line isn't the best. So I'm going to pick Jan by decision to win this fight. We've seen Jan win by decision a lot, even in his last fight against Sandhagen. And, you know, Jan wasn't able to put Sterling away in the first fight. He had to use an illegal knee to do so. So I think, you know, Sterling has felt the power of Jan too. So I think that's going to help. So Piotr Jan by decision in the co-main events. Finally, interim champion no more in the bantamweight division can go um, go where it's supposed to go. And I think probably TJ Dillashaw, one of your guys, yes. gets the next. That's what I want to see. Gets the next fight. That's, which, my, that's my dream. Piotr Jan versus TJ Dillashaw would be pretty understanding. But That'd be awesome to watch. We'll have to see on Saturday night who comes out victorious at bantamweight before that decision gets made. But going on to the main event, a featherweight title bout between the champ Alexander the Great Volkanovsky versus the number four ranked featherweight in the world, Chan Song Jung, a.k.a. the Korean Zombie. We did it for the Gilbert Burns and Hamzat Shamaya fight. We're going to do it here again. Volkanovski, a minus 760 favorite. One of the biggest favorites um, for a championship fight. Do you think this line is justified with a minus 760 number next to Volkanovski's name? Uh, I do think it's a little more justified. It's still some. It's still pretty wild to me. But, um, yeah, I, I mean... You said minus seven. Minus seven sixty. All these lines are via DraftKings as well. Minus seven sixty on DraftKings. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's pretty wild. I wonder how the numbers change before the fight. Yeah, but, we're um, on Monday of fight week, so they yeah. could easily fluctuate between now and Saturday night. Yeah, but minus seven sixty. That's a hefty line for yeah, it's big. The great <laughs> Volkanovski. Um, and Volkanovski is twenty three and one. His last fight, I had it as my fight of the year last year with his decision win over Brian Ortega, at least round of the year in many people's eyes. 21 fight win streak, 11 wins by KO, and in my opinion, one of the most underrated champions in the UFC. On the other side, the Korean Zombie, he is 17-6. and six. His last fight was, was a decision win over Dan Ige in June of 2021. This fight was originally supposed to be Max Holloway. Um, Holloway out with an injury, Zombie filling in. 
Um, Zombie, this is his second time fighting for the 145-pound belt. The first time was nine years ago when he lost via KO at the hands of Jose Aldo. Wow. Alex, who do you like in the main event? Yeah, I don't have much to say. Uh, Alexander's been champ for two and a half years. He's only really fought a couple guys, though. Uh, he's a good striker, has great speed with his hands and his feet, throws a lot of kicks, then he goes for takedowns. Uh, he's short, but it really doesn't hurt him. Uh, he's got His volume is crazy. You don't see a lot of guys out-volume Max Holloway, let alone twice. Uh, Korean Zombie has been in the UFC since 2011. Uh, he did have to go to mandatory military service, but he's been back for a bit now. Uh, has good striking, very good fight IQ. They call him the zombie because he keeps moving. And I think that's his best chance. One of his better chances at winning. But it does worry me he didn't get a full camp. Um, you know, most people that are fighting for a title are going to get that full 10-week camp. And, you know, he's got about eight weeks. And you might say, you know, what's the difference of eight weeks and 10 weeks? It, well, the difference could be a title. Uh on yep. Saturday, that that's what I would say the dif- difference is. Uh, Volkanovski's only real weakness that I could see from studying is shots up the middle. Um, his height, he kind of likes to duck a lot of his uh, punches. And Korean Zombie has had some pretty good uppercuts in the UFC, so you might see him catch him with an uppercut. I don't know, but, I mean, it's a pretty easy fight for Alexander, I think. I got him winning by decision. The only way I can see Zombie winning is a knockout, and I just I don't think that happens. So I do agree with you. Alexander Volkanovsky, if there's one word I could use to describe him, it's durable. Even when he's in trouble, he's not in trouble. We saw it in the Ortega fight, two submissions in one round. Even the, the triangle choke, he got out of T-City's most popular move. So Volkanovsky... Just when he's in trouble, he's really not. And I don't know how much trouble the Korean zombie can put on him. And maybe wrestling is the way to go. But Volkanovski is also great at takedown defense. He's just methodical and well-balanced in his fighting style. And that fares well against the zombie. Chan Sung Jung. Um, and like you said, the, the camp, I don't know how much of a fight he's going to put up against the champ. Alexander the Great Volkanovski, we've seen him go to decisions a lot. I'm also going to take Volkanovski by decision here. I could see Chan Sung Jung doing something, but I, I'm i usually not this like disrespectful towards fighters. I usually call you <laughs> right. and Michael Matthews out sometimes. Like last one time when I picked Jorge Masvidal, that didn't go too well for me. But like you guys were completely bashing on Jorge, whereas I was like, whoa, let, let's put res- some respect on the game Brad's name. I am unfortunately not putting much respect on the Korean zombie's name here, though. I do think Alexander the Great Volkanovsky is just simply better everywhere with his durability and fighting style in mind. 23-1, and one, a 21-fight win streak. I think he is one of the most underrated champs in the UFC, and he is one of the best fighters pound for pound in the promotion. Never puts on a dull or boring fight. And I think this is going to be the same. I think it's going to be very entertaining, but I do think Volkanovsky wins four, if not all five rounds and gets a dominant win over the zombie, I could see Volkanovski maybe landing a power shot or two and putting the zombie down. But Volkanovski in the past, I'm just going to go off precedent. Volkanovski by decision. 
which makes that minus 760 line a little bit more tolerable Mm -hmm. from a betting standpoint. So that'll do it for UFC 273. Before we sign off, though, Alex, if you want to run down and recap your picks. Yep, I got Tisha Torres beating Mackenzie fake accent Dern uh, by decision. You're attacking her for that, aren't you? It's just weird. <laughs> I don't know what, what the deal is with it, really. I'm going to have to check it out. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, I got Shemaev first round knockout uh, versus Gilbert Burns at 170. Uh, then I have Piotr Jan beating Aljamain Sterling. I'm going to say fourth or fifth round knockout. I'll say... I'll say fifth round knockout uh, just because his gas tank is so big that I can see it happening. And then Volkanovsky by um, decision as well. All right. So we're in agreement on all four picks, but some of our props were a little bit different. Um, Starting off the night, I did agree with you, though. Tisha, Tiny Tornado, Torres getting the decision win over Mackenzie Dern. At women's strawweight, I just think she's better on the feet, and Dern won't be able to get the fight on the ground, and her um, her attempts to get the fight on the ground is going to make this fight go to a decision. Uh, at Gilbert Burns and Hamzat Shemaev, Shemaev, he's been dominating everybody in his run in the UFC. A big step up in competition, though. Definitely the fight I'm looking forward to the most mm-hmm. on Saturday night, but I'm got to go with Shemaev by first or second round KO. I just think he's going to finish this fight within three rounds. And then going to the co-main event, first championship fight of the night, I see the interim champ, Piotr Jan, beating Aljamain Funkmaster Sterling by decision. Sterling has felt the power of Jan, and I just think Jan is going to be able to come back after losing maybe the first or two rounds because he's going to going to test the water with Sterling, get his game plan, and then just dominate the rest of the fight like he always does. And then the championship fight at featherweight, I got to go Alexander the Great Volkanovsky. I just don't think the Korean Zombie can compete. And I have Volkanovsky by decision. We've seen it before. So I'm going to go with Alexander the Great at featherweight. And featherweight is so stacked right now. Um, I think they would probably try and rebook Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway uh, if Volkanovsky does get past Korean Zombie, of course. But you also have Brian Ortega, Yair Rodriguez, Calvin Cater, Arnold Allen, Josh Emmett, Giga Shikadze, Bryce Mitchell, all within the top nine of the featherweight rankings. Definitely one of my favorite divisions in the UFC right now. Just talent is loaded everywhere. And you could see matchups like Brian Ortega and Yair Rodriguez taking place, even like a Calvin Cater and Arnold Allen fight. Bryce Mitchell on the rise. We could see him getting Giga or Josh Emmett, potentially. Lots of fights to be made at featherweights. But that will do it for us, the UFC crew from WZIP Sports. Joining me was Alex Henry. My name is Jake Murren. I hope everyone enjoys the fights on Saturday night. Even though the odds makers lean heavily in most fights, we will see if any underdogs arise alongside new contenders and champions as the lights shine brightest in Jacksonville. All right, we are out of here. Enjoy UFC 273.